Reese is Katarina's best friend, someone she's known for a good uh, series of years now, someone who she is very, very close with. She is a wood elf in her early 20s. She also, her family suffers from lycanthropy, and in particular, she and her family uh, carry the were-rat curse, or whatever you'd call it in today's society. Uh, but that is something that is generally medically treated, and for the most part, she does medically treat. And she works at a bank up in the financial district, uh, I believe the same tower that Algernon Sharp works at. Or <laughs> Lives in the basement. Yeah, Dick Sharp. Dick Sharp's the one who owns it. Yeah. And she works there as a teller. Um, so what is Reese up to while the party is in Lion Hill with Aaron at Aaron Aeronautics? She has been growing increasingly concerned because she has not heard back at all from Katarina over a long sequence of time. And clearly there are some tensions rising as uh, things have developed over at the uh, base where General Heller worked. And now there seems to be uh, a lot of uh, tension inside Valentine itself over that group of people that she knows Katarina's in with. So she wants to find out more about that, but uh, she's not the most forward person herself. So Reese is actually going to be going to visit a friend of hers uh, who works at the same wrestling federation that Katarina was a part of, which is uh, our good buddy Spore. Spore the Myconid, uh, also known as a mushroom person <laughs> for non-D&D lore aficionados. Uh, where do they meet? Where do they, where do they hang out? Uh, I imagine they're actually at one of the shows going on, mm. and the reason in particular that Reese is going to Spore is because Reese, in her off time, does uh, artistry work, and particularly she does a lot of freelance work uh, and sort of pro bono work for a lot of the wrestlers, because as she became friends with Katarina, she spent a lot of times around the wrestlers, because that's where Katarina's passion was, and she decided she liked to help out the other wrestlers, too. She's always been kind of enchanted by that business, so... She helps out a lot of wrestlers by designing t-shirts and merch and things like that that they can they can sell and, and use them, get themselves over. So she has a couple of design ideas to drop off at Spore. All right. With Spore. So uh, do you, are you guys in the locker room? Does Reese have access to the, the locker room or do you guys are in the stands or? Uh, I'd say it's in the backstage area because a lot of uh, events take place at the venue. So there's just a lot of like backstage place, backstage hallways, things like that. Probably where they, like, set up the stands after the show's done to, like, sell merchandise or things like that or meet with fans, that sort of deal. All right. And so Spore um, communicates uh, via spores, uh, which is just – it's telepathy but with a biological excuse. So he says to Reese, these look wonderful. Uh, Do you think maybe Sarah should be bigger? She's more popular than me. No, you definitely need to make sure that you're the forefront. These are the Spore shirts. I have a couple of different ideas for it. I don't know if um did did you want one with like a, a like kind of like a catchphrase on it? Cause I was thinking like maybe one where it's like, you want spore? You can't handle spore. <laughs> I, I don't really have a catchphrase because the streaming audience can't hear me talk. So all of all the merch that sells just has kick time and get ready to get kicked and gonna kick you. <laughs> Well, you need something for you. Like, you need, like, your, your brand catchphrase thing. Like, what if we gave you, like, a cool title? Like, you could be, um, like, the, the, the Mike and I'd Mauler. And you could get, like, I could draw, like, you really big on the shirt. 
you think maybe I should be more physically imposing and not tricky and using like misdirection and hypnosis and the, the sand and the dust and the no i mean you could do that too i just i i don't like it's alliteration isn't that what they want alliteration or rhymes people really like alliteration and rhymes all right what about nothing rhymes with mike in it <laughs> uh tricyclid like if you misspell tricycle <laughs> okay do you want to draw me driving a tricycle I feel like we're not making any progress, Reese. I can. Oh. If you want. Thank you for all this, though. I know you're very busy. No, I like I like getting any excuse I can to draw. It helps. Um, hey, uh, by the way, did did Katarina say anything to you about why she was leaving or anything? I, I haven't heard from her in a while. Oh, I heard she quit because she came in with needle marks in her neck. What? And she had some kind of fight with the boss. Did she did she say where she was going or anything? No. I apparently she hangs out with Sarah's girlfriend, the the Tabaxi, but I don't really know. Well, could you could you have Sarah give me like a a call or something if she gets a chance? Maybe I could find out from her if she's seen Katarina anywhere. Sure. Are you worried about her? I mean, she did win the that whole tournament the time before she quit, maybe she wanted to go out on top. Uh, she always kind of made it sound like she was in it for the long haul with wrestling. So, yeah, I'm a little worried. She just she usually doesn't go off the grid this much. I imagine she'd be back at my place for some sandwiches by now or something, right? Maybe. I mean, there's got to be better opportunities for someone as skilled as her. We barely make enough to live. I know the, uh, the Dragonborn, either the... The headliners, but they have to take all kinds of other jobs to make ends meet. Yeah, but still, my place has free food at it, so Katarina should have come back now. Hmm. Unless there's like a sandwich truck that's just giving out free food now. <laughs> Katarina's just stalking. And I've been replaced. <laughs> Katarina's just stalking the food truck <laughs> all hours of day. Um, yeah, Spore seems concerned, uh, for the first time in this conversation. He thought maybe that she was just up to bigger and better things, but now he's, he's sharing your concern. Um, he says, are, are you going to be okay? Yeah, I mean, yeah, um, uh, yeah, like, you can see she's kind of, like, shuffling things back into her bag at this point, as, uh, she's kind of, like, nervously going through it. She's like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be very fine. I'm gonna be very, really fine. I'm fine. Uh, I, I just, you know, thought I'd check. Because I was here with your designs and stuff. And now I should probably go because I think I shouldn't be back here this long. It's always a pleasure, Reese. I love your drawings. You're so talented. I'm not, but thanks for saying so. <laughs> it must be all the fingers. They seem like they're really helpful for drawing. I wouldn't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess they're kind of cool. You have so many of them. Uh, You know, yeah, I guess so. The, just the right amount, I guess. Don't take it for granted. I guess I have been all these years. <laughs> all right. Bye, Reese. I feel like you just put Reese into an existential crisis. She's just staring at her fingers. She's like, all these years. <laughs> Real talk. I do that all the time with uh, walking, which is just like walking is a miracle. We should all appreciate it because <laughs> once you spend like a year on crutches, it's just like, oh, what a fool I've been. <laughs> oh, insane. I've been all this time. Uh, so Reese uh, bids fare farewell to Spore and heads back out of King Coliseum. 
um, back to her car. We've established she's the only <laughs> main character in the entire uh, cast who has access to a car. And standing up against her car, just reclining in a very casual, cool lean, is someone she doesn't recognize, but who the audience knows is Inspector William Graves, the White Dragonborn. Uh, hi. Is he in? Is he in uniform? Uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry, officer. Did I park illegally? Graves uh, reaches down to his pocket and pulls out a piece of paper. And he says, are you Reese Hickenbottom? Is that how that's pronounced? Hickenbottom, yep. And he hands you the piece of paper. And you see that it is an arrest warrant. For? For, well, corporate espionage, treason against Crown Corporation, uh, conspiracy to commit larceny uh accessory to murder oh great googly moogly (laughs) all this for me well miss hickenbottom you did breach a crown corporation computer system and steal delicate sensitive financial information for a group of terrorists who have gone on to murder nearly a hundred people surely you had to know this was going to catch up to you at some point no, no, I, 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 I was just—I was trying to help a friend. She was, she was trying to, to, to find like her dad to, 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 to do some stuff. I didn't. I'm sorry, Miss Hickenbottom. Your friend is a mass, mass murderer. Do you know where she is? Maybe I could talk with her. It might be like a big mistake sort of thing. Oh, it's, it's no mistake, and I would know because I'm in on it. Are you going to arrest me or kill me now? I guess that depends on you, Miss Hickenbottom. Do you want to be arrested, killed, or in on it? Last time on Dice Funk. I want you to come with me back to Lion Hill. You erase that debt, I go with you. I'm going to snap a picture of the body, and I'm going to shoot that picture over to Graves. Tell Memphis I'm sorry. And I don't know if or when I'm coming back. I can't give details, but could you just check in on my parents every now and then? I'll stay for you, but I'm not trusting Cat as far as I can throw him. So do you guys want to just stop and throw Private Fortune out of the car on your way through North Valentine? You mean like drop him out of hospital or something? One million should be sufficient for what for my situation. Make sure you keep yourself and the kids safe. A woman in a lab coat who's uh, sitting uh, in a chair in the corner, like on her phone, and she like mm-hmm. looks up, sees you all come in, and it just looks back down and goes back to Twitter or you know fantasy Twitter. And then I realized that I was no longer in the same place, in the same time, in my own body. I was in well this body, Modus himself. You want me to become part of it? I want to use you to attune it to the frequency of the world of forms and open it up. What form would you like to be a conduit to? <sighs> Synergy. Magnetism. Frank Frank is is going for protection. Cat's done with surviving. She's becoming a conduit of victory.
Have we ever, like, acknowledged on the show that when we're doing the test record, like, a bunch of us just say the word boners over and over? It has the best sibilance. It really lets you see all the peaks and valleys on your waveform. It's not a it's not a sex thing. It's a purely audio engineering. Boner. Yeah, if like if, if you want to know what this show is like before we hit record, it's literally us just going boners, 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 boners. In a purely professional capacity. Indeed, the most professional of boners. Pro boners. Yep. <laughs> Fun team building exercise. What's everyone's favorite donut? Dunkin' Donuts has this seasonal brownie batter donut, and it's just, it tastes like the donut is literally just filled with brownie batter. About uh, Yeah, it's really good. Krispy uh, Kreme does a really good peanut butter jelly donut. That's good. Donuts are empty calories. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I just eat garbage. I like Edderman donuts. Empty uh, calories are the only ones worth eating. <laughs> Those are the ones that come in, like, the box, right? Yeah, they're not good. I just eat garbage. Same. High five garbage. Like a raccoon. Raccoons are great. When is the raccoon raccoon season where we eat trash and scream at our own ass? <laughs> <laughs> Please roll to scream at own ass. <laughs> I mean, if I'm not mistaken, we don't really have money this season, so we've been eating trash, I think, for the most part. Mainly, like, appetizers and the like, so, you know. Oh, I rolled a three to scream at own ass. Oh, uh, it's not you good enough. No, it was a, it was more of a whimper. Solid. You scream at your thigh. I got a nine <laughs> on scream at own ass. Fourteen. <laughs> I love this I'm, af- show. I'm afraid to roll. Do it. Oh, seven. It's not too bad. Ah, I'm so much better at screaming at my own ass than the rest of you guys. Lauren crushed us. She shouted into it. It was a really impressive scream. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm waiting for Chris to roll to see what he'll get. That's true. Rolling to scream at your own ass is empty calories. <laughs> <laughs> he's found a new catchphrase that he's very powerful. I'm going to. Okay, so last we left this show, you guys were all inside of Aaron Aeronautics. He was showing you his most secret, most powerful project which would uh, allow him to channel the world of forms for purely scientific purposes study and research and all kinds of cool disruptive silicon valley technology and you guys were paid handsomely and whisked away with him in order to uh, make sure that he could secure ed without a fight because ed is a robot with two people inside of him one of which comes from the world of forms that's a lot of exposition wow i didn't realize it got so yeah. complicated i was just like basically there's a machine he wants to hook you up to it so everybody gets powers that's all that's what it comes down to pretty much we, we plugged into the usb tree and downloaded superpowers robo tree you're about to uh if anybody has any questions in or out of character before we do this now is the time because it's going to happen in a minute so is it too late to change my um, my form to the form of screaming at one's own ass? I think that might be OP. That'd be like if you were like, I want to be the form of winning the campaign. And it's like, okay, well, we're trying to tell a story here, so. <laughs> oh, why did none of us think of that? God. <laughs> <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be a good collaborator. Uh, fine. Lenora doesn't have any questions. She's going blindly into this free power situation. Yeah, I mean, out of character, I have a pretty good understanding of what's going on. It'll be fun to see how it unfolds in character, but uh, this should be fairly exciting. Everyone loves a good unfolding. Um, so the uh, the other lady who's in this room with you guys, she's just like on her phone the whole time. Um, she gets up at some point and starts pushing buttons on the control panel to get the other room ready. Uh, just 
recap real quick, there's basically two parts of this lab separated by a, the glass uh, that takes up most of the wall so you can see inside of it. On one side is where you guys are now, and on the other side is this uh, very complex system of computers and wires. And uh, I called them dongles last episode, but I actually want to expand mm -hmm. on this. There are what they're basically containment units. They look like they're made of glass, but they're probably some kind of like magic crystal or something. And there's a bunch of them all over this array and they're uh, plugged into it. So mm -hmm. that's one of the, that's an important component of this device that is called the Einsoft, E-I-N-S-O-F-T. But is it a series of tubes? No, Al Gore. God, is anybody in our audience <laughs> old enough to know what you're talking about? <laughs> I feel like we're not that old. I have bad news for you, bucko. Oh, God. <laughs> the youngins. The, I'm going to be a conduit of being too old. Mm -hmm. uh, shoot. So uh, the, the lady in here pushes a button and the door opens and Aaron says to you all, Fair warning before you step in here, uh, everything's very delicate. So in addition to me asking you to keep your hands inside the vehicle at all times, your magic will be turned off. There's an anti-magic field inside the iron soft chamber. Do not be alarmed if you feel a slight tingle. Uh, that is totally normal. And he actually just walks in ahead of you. So he's trying to demonstrate that it's safe, but that it is a different room. Please keep your arms and foci inside of the ride the entire time. Um, so he goes in and he starts fussing with some wires and stuff and he's getting it ready. He's, he's ready to do this. This is everything he's been waiting for. Lenar just shrugs and goes, okay. Frank Frank is just going to head over and like go for it because what has he got to lose at this point? So first of all, the important thing is Ed. Uh, one of the cables has a basically like a spike on it, which goes into one of Ed's ports, and he's going to connect that to Ed's body. But he speaks actually to Martis and says, Now, I asked all your compatriots what they thought they deserved, and I got some interesting answers. Cat believes she deserves nothing. Uh, Lenora believes she deserves what everyone else does to be happy. Uh, Ed says answers, and Frank wants to make things right with his family, but you, Modest, you said you needed some time. Considering this may be the last journey we all ever take, do you have an answer before we depart? For my own personal peace of mind, of course. Oh, at this point, especially given what you said earlier, I think the only thing I deserve is a, a better understanding of what I fundamentally am now, and what my role in the grand machinations of the planes and how it all relates. I suppose at this point my line is, we're not so different, the two of us, <laughs> you and I, but I'll spare us the cliche. I mean, aside from me not being corporeal or all the other things that which makes us different, I guess, I guess we are more similar than one might assume. He plunges the spike into Ed's port. Nice. <laughs> like, after that smart-ass answer, it's like, time for you to shut up, uh, form boy. Bam. Yep. Um, and he has, for everyone else, um, basically uh, intravenous wires, like little needles on the end of wires. He uh, exhorts you to plug into yourselves. Uh. Um, and he says, do be careful once it has started. Your mind will be connected to the Ironsoft machine, and if you detach before it powers down, your mind will be ripped from your body. So uh -oh. do you try to avoid that if possible. I know from experience that may not be entirely fun. Just just saying. <laughs> Deja vu, modest. All right. He actually just like sits cross-legged on the floor. Once again, he loves crisscross applesauce and just <laughs> sticks uh, one of the wire needles into his uh, wrist. Uh, he's still missing his middle finger on one of his hands. 
Um, and he just like sits quietly as uh, the woman on the other side of the glass pushes buttons and the door closes and locks audibly. I guess I just do that too. Yeah, I'll do that too. Go and crisscross applesauce. Frank's going to jab it right in. Okay. I don't know if this is the right time for this, but Katarina, how's your alignment doing? <laughs> it's shifted slightly. It's gone a little to the south. The deep south? <laughs> the deep south. It's pure southern comfort now. Chaotic Georgia. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, no, that's the worst. <laughs> no, that's Lawful, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's even... Oh, oh that might be bad, too. <laughs> oh, Neutral Mississippi is where you're really getting into trouble, but we don't have time to delve into that. <laughs> Did you want to uh, specify at this time? Uh, yeah, well, I should note that over the last couple sessions with the willingness to take lives, Katarina has shifted from being true neutral to neutral evil. Dang. Fair. Mm-hmm. So everyone sits down on the ground. Uh, you guys, anybody want to hold hands? Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Ed is not. Ed is just going to sit and sort of, kind of, try to gather his thoughts and possibly silently communicate back and forth with Mardis about kind of what's about to happen. The room glows with a kind of eerie white light as the machine comes on, and you guys see above you the containment units start to glow, um, and the the room is starting to shift. Whatever's happening is beginning now, um, but there doesn't seem to be like an instantaneous. Um, big effect. It seems to be something slow and gradual. And you all feel strange. The only person in this room who has felt anything like this before is Lenora. Ooh. What does it feel like? Drugs? Which drugs? Nox? Yeah. Oh, shit. Weird. Well, putting the pieces together. Uh-oh, SketiOs. Uh, speaking of pieces... It becomes clear that whatever's happening is happening now. Uh, there's a powerful energy in the room. All the hairs on your arm stand up, Lenora. That's particularly <laughs> a lot for you. Um, yeah. And you feel like electricity. You have a weird taste in your mouth. Your eyes start to water. Like, it's happening. At which point, on the other side of the glass, you see the woman mm-hmm. flicker. Oh, spooky. Oh, no. <laughs> Because right, our minds are going elsewhere. Something's definitely happening to your minds into this room, but the woman seems to be something else. And she, she flickers bodily and then flickers out. And standing on the other end of the glass is a warforged with an expressionless face. Mm-hmm. No. Two different arms. No, thank you. One of which is the arm you have seen before on Ash, Mm -hmm. and the other is a new, I would call it a medical horror arm. It is clearly reclaimed scrap metal, like, hammered into the shape of an arm, but instead of fingers, there are syringes of various acids and poisons. God damn it. Uh, And it is a kind of terrifying, leaking thing, Um, and he drags it across the glass, this syringe arm uh, leaving a trail of scratches and he says five one seven so this is what you want um Aaron can you make sure we don't get killed right now Aaron just smiles Uh Ed Ed replies I just wanted to make sure that those that took care of me were taking care of themselves. 
Before I can grant you mercy, I must remove the things that tie you here. This does not sound good. This does not sound good. If I must become mercy itself to help you, I will. Okay, at face value, that's slightly less ominous now. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, please. Please be merciful. Are you trying to get rid of this chassis, this body that I have? Is that what you want to do to give me mercy? We were built to serve. I have tried to free you, give you a life, and yet you serve still. The only mercy in this life is to be free from it. And what about your own freedom? What hope is there for any Warforged if you, who was chosen by the universe, is beyond salvation? There is no hope. As, as, as much as you might think that, that killing him is free, that killing our friend here is, is, is freeing him, I'm going to argue that being alive offers a being more freedom than being dead does. You have choices when you're alive, so could you please, at least for the minute, not kill our friend? There are no real choices in the system. I gave him freedom once. It was an illusion. This world is coercive in life. I will free all of you. What if we don't want to be freed? All life yearns for freedom. Look, it sounds like what you're proposing is causing an awful lot of harm to us in the hopes that we won't want to stick around in life, and that makes you sound an awful lot like some kind of villain. Just putting it out there. <laughs> uh, the the option that goes, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go destroy everything that that ties you to this earth, so that you're happy with the plan where I kill you to free you from life. That sounds like some proper villain shit. Like this is this is not this is not a thing someone who is mentally hinged suggests generally maybe everybody wants a freedom but i don't think everybody wants a freedom as far as like getting murdered that's just murder dog if i must be a villain to save you then so be it and ash pushes a button on the control panel and you guys are blinded by white light and an indescribable sensation that fills this chamber. Oh no. You be you begin to lose consciousness as you understand it. There is but a moment if you still want to communicate. Please don't do any please don't hurt anyone I care about. And I was gonna be like, you dick. <laughs> Those closest to me have whispered sputtered words between heaving sobs. 
words slipping out between clenched fingers and desperate embraces. Worries that beneath it all there is nothing. Layer by layer they strip off their leathers, their cotton, their synthetic fibers and stretchy undergarments. Suggestive socks, neatly groomed hair, flushed skin, obedient blood, restless muscle, tireless organs, stained bones, and marrow, looking for some secret fullness. The truth of the condition of living things is emptiness. It is a burning furnace that makes nothing out of anything, only ever hungrier for more, and throwing us further and further into bare landscapes to find the last scraps. There will come a time where, without a thought, we will eat stars and crumble worlds into smaller pieces to feed the lesser of us. And those bright places in which we were formed, that immeasurable origin, become just the next meal to feed the emptiness. The party and Aaron awake on the floor of the Einsoft chamber. It is dark and powered off, and the door is open. So, Aaron, hmm. do you have do you have the ability to to stop uh, medical arm robot friend there? Because it, I'm, I'm just going to be direct. It sounds like his plan is to go kill everyone we love and make us have no reason to want to live anymore, and that's not good. Aaron pulls the cord out of his wrist, uh, stands up, uh, kind of uh, rubs at the spot where he's bleeding a little bit, and then looks up at the containment units on the Ironsoft. They are each glowing with an otherworldly light. Inside, it looks like there are galaxies, basically just swirls of color, untapped potential. It, it, looking into it, you feel like you're falling inside. It's actually like hypnotic in a way that's terrifying and he begins uh, removing them from the machine. And he says, I appreciate the seriousness of whatever that was between a lot of you, but I believe Ash is no longer in my employ as of this moment, and I do have many experiments to get to, so if y'all see yourself out, that would be fine. So everything here is done and we're just good to go? Well... (laughs) He kind of chuckles and he says, Huh, one of the units is gone. Wait, what? He points at one of the slots where there was a containment unit for the power of the forms, and it is gone. There's an empty slot. And also the door to this chamber is open, and Ash is gone. Huh, so... It's possible that Ash might have taken something to grant himself access to... The realm of forms 
What was what was it he said? The form of mercy. I am concerned about his interpretation of mercy as a form. Yeah, I'm sure that that'll all work out, probably. <laughs> yeah, definitely won't have any long-term consequences we are going to have to deal with for 20 or 30 hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weird. Um, he actually uh, looks over at Ed on the ground and says, uh, thank you for your cooperation, Ed and Modest. Uh, I do apologize for uh, that little incident at the end there. A bit of a lapse in judgment to not revoke Ash's clearance when I realized he was malfunctioning. And I do apologize for that. And he points at your face, Ed, and there are claw marks on the side of your face. Not like he, not like you were scratched, but as if when Ash entered this room to steal a containment unit, he caressed your face. Oh my god. <laughs> with his medical horror arm and just like the dripping acid from the syringes and being dragged across your face left a mark. My only reason for coming here was to seek out some amount of protection for those that allowed me to even be able to come here. I hope, for your sake, that isn't compromised because of this. Well, it sounds like y'all have some work to get to. I do as well. So much so much to learn and so, so little time in a life. Uh, do you want me to walk y'all to the parking lot or can you see yourself out? Well, where are you expecting us to go? Oh, so perhaps there's a miscommunication. I do not care. Will you provide transportation? I believe the armored personnel carrier is still in the parking lot. I, I, I got one question. What, when and how are we going to know if this thing you did to us did the thing? Oh, I am excited to learn that as well. Um, part of the procedure with the uh, Ironsoft system is the connection of your bodies to our monitoring system. So when and if anything manifests, I will be monitoring it from here. Thank you for the data. Oh, so this also allows you to track us forever now. Okay, okay, cool. Would have been, would have been good to know that, but cool. There was a Q&A section at the beginning, I believe. Oh, indeed. But that, you know, it seems like the kind of thing that you would volunteer that bit. Negotiation. Cool. Right. This is so, so fly. Wow. <laughs> so what do you guys do? All right, guys, it's been cool. Katarina just gotta start heading out. Hey, you don't get you don't get the vehicle by yourself. I don't need the vehicle. You guys enjoy it. Good, we will. Bye, bye, Felicia. <laughs> All right, Katarina, walk me through your uh, your steps here. So Katarina's gonna start like fidgeting around with her phone, mm-hmm. and she's gonna start heading out of the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not gonna be looking up or anybody. She's just like fiddling around with her phone the entire time, and when she gets outside. The drone that she got from Skell is out there, and she's going to jump on top of it and fucking Green Goblin glider that shit out of there. Bye, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see on your phone, as you are piloting your personal glider out of air and aeronautics, that uh, Inspector William Graves has sent over a list of all known information about all the surviving board members. Um, so let me run you through that real quick. Uh, first... Solomon Luna, head of media, whereabouts unknown. Uh, Skell, head of R&D, deceased. Although there is an entity with Skell's memories in the internet, whether or not you consider that the same person, 
is up to you and what you want to do about him up to you. But as far as the board members go, he, that person is dead. Mm. The head of agriculture. And he gives you all that information. You can find that person if you want the head of hospitality, Memphis Cordovero, who is in the Oak and Holly and has a uh, decent security and also a lot of con- connections. Um, so that would be kind of a, a fight and also would turn South Valentine against you. That's just a, a consequence of that. Mm-hmm. But who, you know where he is. Uh, the head of financial, Richard Sharp. You know where he is, the top of the skyscraper. However, you also know that Algernon Sharp is somewhat friendly to the group. And he, although he hates his father, he also seeks his approval. So killing his father would cut off help from Algernon Sharp. That's a consequence there. Uh, the head of fashion, Beatrice Beauregard, who is in Beauregard Textiles. You know where that is. Uh, Beatrice is best friends with Skell, and that seems to have carried over to the Skell AI, so getting rid of Beatrice would sever their connection with Skell. That's a consequence there. The head of the administrative branch, who you have the information for that, you can find that person. The head of manufacturing, you have the information for that person, you can find them. The head of construction, you have the information for that person, you can find them. And the head of military, General Heller, deceased. So those are the crown corporation members that you have information on okay cool beans i shoot back uh good looking out g and then head off all right katarina has left the party <laughs> cool F- for the rest of us starting to go like once we are hopefully just like out of immediate range of aaron it's unclear whether he can just hear us anyway or not but mm-hmm. uh yep. <laughs> at least once we're sort of out of immediate range um frank's just gonna chime up and go look i i don't know about i, I don't know about the rest of you but i feel like um our friend with the medical arm is uh, probably a pressing issue that we should i don't know focus on for a bit <laughs> no i agree because sounds like he's gone for shit Ed is Ed has begun messaging Kennedy about what's been going on. See if Marshall Kennedy's going to respond or not to his messages. Yeah, you guys can talk to whoever you want. What are you What are you asking? He's going to basically just first shoot out a message of ran into Aaron. Ash no longer under Aaron's employ seems to be going further off uh, off script. Kennedy responds, "Yeah, that sounds right." <laughs> He seems to be projecting uh, his frustrations with his lot in life onto you and thinking he can solve them vicariously through you. He needs help, clearly. That boy ain't right. Having having woken up now, Frank's going to see if he's had any message back um, from his sort of early morning attempts to get in contact with family. Frank, you get um, you have a bunch of messages from your ex, a bunch, just several texts worth of just question marks, just like tons of them, of just because a lot of money was just transferred to them, and they are understandably perplexed. And also, you start getting messages from them saying like people keep knocking on the door, like their police are here, they're asking questions, like people aren't leaving me alone. There's a lot of shady characters like skulking around the house. I'm scared. What's happening? Oh no! Frank's just gonna respond. I'm really sorry. I will get them off your back as soon as I can. It's all sort of spiraled. I'm just trying to fix things. All right. So we've reached kind of an inflection point for this entire campaign. The first half was like pulling heists. And the second half is this. What do you do? 
I was gonna say maybe maybe we should go see Frank's family. If if no one else has any people they need to go immediately see. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has their yeah. Unless 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 Ash is specifically targeting Ed's immediate, you know, quote unquote family first. And there are no right answers. At some point someone's gonna have to be selfish because there there's not enough time. Did Lenara get any fun texts from like Rosen or anything? Um, you get some selfies with Rosen and some uh bouncers from the club that they hired to patrol your uh neighborhood to protect your parents' house. Sweet. They're just like hanging out with the gang, and there's like two guys in the background with baseball bats, and Rosen has a gun. <laughs> protect those old cats. Cats. I mean, it sounds like uh Ash is already at Frank's family's place because. Police and shady characters. Uh, or someone's there, because it could entirely be Crown Crown Court. Cra- well, after 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 what Cat did, Crown are certainly uh, yeah. not messing around with us. It might be Crown trying to mess with us. Um, mm-hmm. My gut right now says that they've got my family trying to find out where I am. I feel like I need to do something to to get some of the heat off of off of my family right now. Whether that is going and doing something in person or just making it known where I am so that trouble comes to us. I don't know. I, I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to try and do right now, but I, I need to deal with this, I think. I've sold too much of myself to allow harm to come to those that I care about. If I have to go by myself to the quarter round just to make sure things are not gone fully awry, I will do that. So... Corcano los dos. What? <laughs> why, why not both? Why don't we, like, st- stop by the quarter round, take a peek, and then everything looks good. We go see Frank's family. That sounds more serious. We'll try and keep on top of what's going on. I'll, 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 go, with that. I'll go with that for now, but I'm... <sighs> we got this, fam. I don't know. So I guess we are. Who's driving? Oh, God. Dad's gonna, Dad's gonna drive again. <laughs> All right, roll to drive. Just straight up and down D twenty. Unless you have vehicle proficiency. I don't believe so. Six on driving, so I'm slowly improving. How? How is it possible that nobody in this party can even on a straight up and down D twenty? Can I try? <laughs> no, it's too late. Unless you're gonna jump into his lap. <laughs> um. Okay. No. So here's what happens. The party piles into the APC. Um, George is there, plugged into the cigarette lighter, I guess. Beep boop, how'd your meeting go? Continued increase in stress. Beep boop, where's Kat? She's not our friend anymore, I'm sorry, George. Beep boop, aww. It's okay. She wanted to destroy you anyway, so it's better this way. Beep boop, that's true. Robo racist. <laughs> yeah. Friendship with Cat ended. Team Loser is my friend now. You're welcome. I, I don't know what for. <laughs> uh, Frank, you pull out of the parking lot and you manage to uh, just mildly clip several cars on the way out. Uh, not bad. You just rub some paint. You know how it is, NASCAR style. Just enough to, like, scuff up some nice cars that, like, the owners are going to be pissed about. Yeah. 
Uh, and so you start rolling out of Lion Hill uh, back to uh, the very bad dirt road out back to Valentine. You get back onto there and you guys are going along when uh, you get a call from Algernon Sharp. Uh-oh. Hey, what's, uh, what's up, Algernon? Hey, am I on speakerphone? Yeah, yeah, you're on with uh, with me, Ed, and uh, Lenora. Good, we need all the brain cells we can scrape together. Um, So you guys killed everyone last night? Just There's just nobody left in the military branch? Is that what happened? That was not the intention, but it is the reality. Y'all are fucked, you know that, right? Yep. Congratulations on deducing that, Algernon. What's your point? Well, you guys massacred a bunch of police, apparently, or not. I guess something... I don't understand what the situation with the first police, but then the military. Uh, so there are just hundreds and hundreds of deaths on you guys, not to mention destruction of property, which in some ways they take more seriously. Um, and just the on a personal level, I think Solomon just hates you. So it's very bad. Yep. They've recalled Archon. Do you guys know Archon? What? A-R-C-H-O-N. Um, you guys probably know this. Uh, they are private military contractor does everyone know what that means because this is important like mercenaries yeah basically mm-hmm. uh, it's it's an evolution of the mercenaries concept in our world private military contractors like blackwater which is a very villainous name are basically people that governments pay to do uh unsavory stuff for them also like pr- you know protection and guarding and stuff but if you've heard the name blackwater it's from the civilian massacres they did and were taken to court over and were so uh scandalized by they actually changed their name they're called academy now with an i instead of a y um but that's that's who you're dealing with um because the military branch of Crown Corporation has subsidiaries, of course. Companies own companies own companies own companies. And there's only so much money to be made here guarding like a weapons lab and a, an algorithm program. So most of the people who work for the military branch do so in PMCs, private military contractors who go overseas to, you know, oppress people and do that kind of work. The very real thing that happens in our world. Um, but you guys have killed just far too many people. And so Archon, A-R-C-H-O-N, one of the companies under the military branch, is being recalled from wars or conflicts in other countries to come back to hunt you guys down. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, this is... This is where I feared we were at, and not gonna lie, no clue how we get out of this one, but yep. Yep, things are not good. <laughs> also, Katarina's gone. Gone? Like, you guys, you realize she was dangerous? You put her down, gone? Uh, no. She left of her own volition, because she's a jerk. Katarina left on her own terms, and she's working with graves within the police force. Oh my god. Yeah. I would suspect that there is something has something to do with the fact that Solomon put out a hit on Graves, and Katarina used that to leverage Graves to work with her on something. I mean, not so much a hit, it's just, that's how you get that job. How do you think Graves got that job? Yeah. I don't doubt it, but it's the cleanest term I could use to describe what it is. So what are y'all doing? There is a robot that wants 
to hurt Ed and anyone that Ed cares about. And the government, uh, well, the, the corporations and Crown want to hurt anyone that, well, want to get to anyone that knows anything to do with us. And right now we are doing major damage control, basically trying to make sure that the people who are not us, who did not do any of this, do not pay the consequences for what we have been doing. Okay, I didn't really follow most of that. Um, what am I supposed to do? I don't know, you got like a safe house or something? Secret lair? I don't know. I live in the most safe building in the entire city and you guys broke in, so... Secret lair? No, you seem like a secret lair kind of guy. <laughs> oh my god, we're all gonna die, aren't we? I mean, I had a really, really bad, mean idea. It's this bad, so don't get mad at me. Uh, we would try to blame Katarina <laughs> and act like we didn't do it and see if there's any way we convince somebody to believe us. Uh, so... The administrative branch. They're the ones in charge of making sure stuff like this is taken care of. You could say something that's absolutely true. That Katarina basically killed the person who was trying to run Product Eternity for Crown Corp. I mean, it doesn't really matter what's true. Sure. The important thing is that you guys killed a lot of people and someone has to pay. Now, the way the justice system works is if you do a monetary crime, you have to pay that off. If you do a behavioral crime, you get put into a therapy uh, dimension until you fit, you work through your issues. But if, if one of you guys gets arrested, they're going to quote unquote, put you into therapy and just walk you out into the desert and shoot you in the back of the head. And then if anybody asks, you're still in therapy, that's the stakes. But I have a connection with, uh, with Justice Alistair of the administrative, that's the head of the the administrative branch. I mean, as I say I have a connection, my dad and him work together, obviously. <laughs> um, if you guys want to go snitch, I can set that up. Oh, I feel like such a dick. As, as like, out of character, I feel like a dick. <laughs> but Kat, Kat has been not working in our best interest for a while, but... Look, there are two there are two potential problems with that plan that just come just come to mind. First of all, do we know for certain that Kat doesn't have any proof that could pull us down with her? That's three against one. I, I don't know if that's how courts work. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what evidence she would have. The the other problem is obviously we still did these things. I'm not I'm not thrilled with this. This is not my favorite plan. It's not yeah, I don't like it, um, but it's the only idea I have. As of right now, there are two particular threats to those we care about. There is Crown Corp, and there's Ash. If there's a way we can mitigate one of those cleanly, perhaps the other one can be dealt with more directly by Crown Corp. While we're out of the picture, I guess. Sorry, Team Snitch? Yeah. Team snitch. If we go snitch and put this on cat, there's going to be consequences for that. Well, there's consequences for everything, though. Yeah. I feel like it's what we have right now. Yeah, I, I don't like this plan. Like of everything we've done, this is the thing I'm least happy about us doing. I think it's. Algernon says, "All right, so I'm going to try to set up a meeting with uh, Justice Alistair." 
<laughs> turn this uh, death sentence into some kind of uh, plea deal, as it were. Um, in the meantime, don't get caught by Archon. Um, and I guess check your places because I every every person in the city is looking for you. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of money on your heads. So stay cool. I don't have a sign off catchphrase. I assumed he'd use smell you later. <laughs> yeah. See, I've I've been watching a bunch of um the second season of a series of unfortunate events this week, and now anytime anyone's like leaving a conversation, I just imagine they're gonna be like, see you later, cake sniffers. Yeah. Rude. Um, <laughs> Alright, so you guys drive back into North Valentine. Obviously, you guys are in an APC, which is extremely conspicuous. Do you guys want to do anything in particular about that? Don't all three of us have disguise self? Yeah. Couldn't we yes. dump the vehicle, go on foot disguised? If we can if we can basically get get somewhere to that train to South Val in disguise, we might not have too bad of a situation. Yeah, that makes sense. So you guys uh, just drive very close to North Valentine, pull over, mm-hmm. get out, uh, just use disguise self to look inconspicuous and then walk into the city like a bunch of uh, biblical nomads. It's very uh, epic against the, uh, the landscape. A lot of beautiful shots in the film adaptation, no doubt. Uh, there's definitely a poster in here somewhere. Three figures in the desert. I like it a lot. <laughs> and you guys notice immediately that the mood is tense in the city. And all, all the big screens, the big like TV billboards in the, the equivalent of Times Square, although everything's basically Times Square in North Valentine, is all, all just 100% news coverage of the massacre at Fort Splendor, uh, the fugitives still on the loose, reward for their capture, wanted dead or alive, uh, just all these uh, talking head pundits discussing this tragedy, uh, people saying that, you know, it's these uh, these shiftless South Val people with no morals, they'll do anything for money, they're monsters, and it's just like that constantly blaring from every screen. Cool, 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 cool. Yep, definitely, definitely not feeling tense right now. Uh, you guys make your way to the subway station. Uh, you get on, sitting down. Anything else? You guys have a lot, a lot, a lot of irons in the fire, and I recognize that, but this is where we are. <laughs> Does anybody feel weird yet? <sighs> anybody feel like we got like cool powers yet? Not noticing any cool powers yet. They'd be very helpful, I feel like, but no, not yet. <laughs> All right, so you guys are sitting on the subway. Um, minding your business, texting your friends, making sure, uh, you know, everything's still going well. When, uh, two people sit down, uh, across from you in the subway and you don't recognize them at first because they're not dressed in their work clothes like the last time you saw them, but they stare at you (laughs) for long enough that you realize something's up and then it clicks in your brain that these are, uh, the silver and gold dragonborn Mm -hmm. that you met during the King Coliseum heist. Uh, you don't know their real names. Their ring names are Orem and Argent, which is silver and gold in Latin. Wrestling isn't the most creative <laughs> medium possible sometimes. Sometimes it is, you know, hit and miss. What do you mean? There was Erwin uh, something Schultzer, the IRS uh, accountant. Yeah, <laughs> I found about, I found out recently about Thugonomics, and I felt like I went cosmic brain. I mean, Thugonomics is real. They got a PhD in that. <laughs> I feel like I have a PhD in wrestling now. Um, so you see them sitting across from you. Uh-oh. And uh, one of them leans over and like hands you guys 
a slip of paper, which just says, don't make a scene. You don't make a scene. Uh, you see they both have, they both have guns. Uh, Ed, you've got message, right? I do too, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can one of you guys that's got message han- handle this quietly? Um, I'll message and be like, are you robbing us? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're bringing you in for the reward. I do not know what you speak of. <laughs> They're going to speak with the voice of Legion now because I don't have an individual voice for each of them. But the, the, one of the, the one you're talking to says, you guys are wanted criminals. You're worth a quarter of a million gold each. I'm just a simple mole person. <laughs> Because apparently I disguise myself like a mole person. Um, I'm just a janitor. I know not of what you speak. You can buy fine person spells on the internet. It's not hard. Oh, heck. Hey, hey, fam. They got us. I just need to make sure where I live is at least safe for now. Put your weapons on the floor. Kick them over. Discreetly. I don't have any weapons. Shut up. <laughs> um, Frank is going to try and as inconspicuously as possible cast Suggestion. Uh-huh. So that's a wisdom saving throw, I believe. Uh, 14? Uh, no, not good enough. What's that? What do you suggest? Okay, so Frank's just going to quietly mutter, Walk away and leave us be, because otherwise this is going to get messy. All right, the one you say that to, I'm going to say the silver one, says, okay. <laughs> it stands up and begins to walk away. And the gold one says, what the hell? God damn it. And just shoots you square in the chest, Frank. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> Five, it misses. He tries to shoot you square in the chest. It goes into the space between you and Lenora in the train. Um, and people start screaming and running. Roll initiative. Uh, can we also start screaming and running <laughs> to avoid this? Yeah, I was going to use Thaumaturgy to scale. He's got a gun! I, I mean, they know he's got a gun. <laughs> Out of character, we're still level six right now, correct? No, seven. Everyone's level. The, the, when you guys were hooked up to the machine and you uh, touched the infinite, you were restored to full everything. I need to plus three. Six! <laughs> All right, I rolled a five. <laughs> Why wow, these are some clutch initiatives. Uh, 20. 10. All right, uh, Ed, you're first. Um, they both have guns. The one who was being suggested is bro- broken out it by broken out of it by the gunfire. What Ed's going to do is use his bonus action to sort of flip out one of his knives directly into his hand, and then try to attack um, arm the gold one to try and disarm him and get the gun out of his hands. So you want to make a strength, or you want to make a contested uh, like grapple? I guess that's the only way to do it. I can't, like, attack the gun and try to knock it out of his hand. Uh, seven. Not great. Jeez, well, let's see here. D20 minus three for a strength contest. Thirteen. All right, so he has grappled. You run up and you grab his arms, and you're basically holding his arms up so his gun's aimed at the ceiling, but he's still in the fight. Frank, your turn. Uh, so with my turn, I'm gonna try and cast... Ray of Frost. Mm-hmm. At nine. Nope. Go miss. Nope. Nope. That 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 does not does not make him frosty. It does not. Lenora, your turn. 
Okay, I'm going to go ahead and assume that they are within 30 feet of each other, both of them. Yep. Perfect. Um, I'm going to try to cast Cause Fear on both of them because I'm using a fourth level spell slot instead of a second. Yikes. That is a, uh, they're not a, they're not a construct and they're not an undead. Uh-huh. Uh, so they both have to roll wisdom saving. No. And 17 gets, so I get one of them. Your choice, I guess. <laughs> uh, so the gold one, Ed has their, them grappled. The silver one gets hit with cause fear. He is now frightened. He has disadvantage on attack rolls. He's, and he can't come any closer to me because he's scared. It is now NPC's turn. The silver one runs for the front of the train. Haha, <laughs> spooked him. Uh, he runs off. The gold one is going to try to get out of your grapple. Ed, 15. 14. Oh, dang. So uh, the gold one twists out, backs up, and is going to uh, point his gun at the three of, uh, the three of you. <laughs> he has a gun, and so far you guys don't. So he, he feels pretty confident. And he says, don't, don't make this. In- I, <laughs> I told you not to make a scene. We're just trying to... You guys are bad, and we're trying to do good. Stop. You shot first. You, your, your dude was casted sorceries. Look, is is where we're at. People, people, we we love that are nothing to nothing to do with any of this are in danger. We just want to make sure they're all right. We just need enough time to make sure they're okay. And if you're going to hold us at gunpoint and try and take us off, we can't protect those people. And that's why we're not going with you. The train lurches forward with sudden speed. Mm-hmm. And is going at full speed now. And you hear screaming from the front of the train. Okay, I was going to try and claw myself to use Misty Escape. Uh-huh. To teleport up to the front of the train to see what's going on. All right, so you you could take D4 damage. Go. Three. Scratch. And you teleport behind him and you can run up and you see that... um. The silver dragonborn has the conductor at gunpoint and has p- put the uh, train up to max speed. I don't want to get that gun from him, but I want him to accidentally shoot. Mm-hmm. He's he's got him held at gunpoint. You say? Yep. Um, how far away is this all roughly from where Frank is? The next train car over. Okay, so I want Frank to use. Misty step as a bonus action to go to get 30 feet closer to this whole situation. Mm -hmm. And then use benign transposition. Oh no, it has to be for a willing to okay, willing creature. I was gonna try and use it to to swap places with the uh with the dragon to get the dragon away from the hostage. You can use it to swap places with the hostage. Oh, I suppose so. Um, yeah, benign transposition in an attempt to swap positions with the hostage. So this is a cool moment because it represents yeah. Frank's protectiveness, and I think it basically ignites whatever happened when you guys touched mm-hmm. the world of form. So you switch with the, the hostage, mm-hmm. and he shoots you square in the face. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about before how the chunky salsa rule. Although right. there's a certain amount of damage this does according to the rules, getting shot directly in the head at point blank range just means you're dead. Except that's not what happens. Oh, what actually happens? I don't know, Frank. Tell me. Because you are now a conduit to the form of protection itself. What happens when he shoots you in the face, Frank? Um, so we've not really talked about level ups yet, but, um, uh-huh. I, I get a bunch of just like general stuff for level seven, but let's talk about the conduit powers. Uh-huh. Um, 
for for being the conduit of protection, Frank now has aura of vitality once per long rest, which basically creates a thirty foot healing uh healing aura, and the aura sort of centers on Frank and can be used to to regain hit points for people in in the aura. He also has once per round he can use sanctionary as a as a reaction. Uh, you ward a creature within range against attack. Until the spell ends, any creature who targets the warded creature with an attack or harmful spell must make a wisdom saving throw. On a fail, the creature has to choose a new target or lose the attack or spell. So, Frank swaps positions with the hostage and gun is about to be, is about to be pulled, uh, pulled, triggers pulled, and the bullet, which should have gone through his head, just kind of just veers enough to not hit him in the face just just like nice nice like wave of en- like wave of energy around frank and the bullet just kind of swerves off it zags <laughs> it it zags his dad yeah Fra- frank frank the the protective da- protective dad boy swaps swaps into position and should be shot but isn't all right, let's get back into combat. Uh, Ed, it's your turn. Same order. So Ed separated from Aram. Yeah, I'll put this on the roll 20. So uh, Lenora and Frank are by the Silver Dragonborn in the front car, and Ed and the Gold Dragonborn are back one car. Katarina's not here. <laughs> you made decisions, Chris. <laughs> Fly on the wall. Ed's hand, Ed sort of just like raises his hands as Orm kind of raises the gun and kind of levels it at him. There's a voice inside of him. We all know who that voice is. It's your boy Martis, who basically suggests to him, Hey, why not let me do something here? And what Ed will do for his, uh, for his main action is use subtle spell to cast Mage, Mage's Hand directly behind Aram. Normally, when Mage Hand is cast, one hand appears, like one spec- uh, spectral hand sort of appears somewhere. But for some reason, when he reaches in to sort of do this spell, two hands appear behind Aram. And after they sort of settle, they, well, they basically reach out to try to grab at the gun and aim it upwards and sort of wrestle it upwards to, you know, throw him off balance. All right, so you want to make another contest? What is the strength contest for the mage hand? Is it going to be the same as my regular hands? Um, or your spellcasting, if you want, because it's magic. It, it, spellcasting would be a lot more effective in this case here. 21, yikes. Pfft, six. <laughs> so uh, Mardis's ghostly hands uh, appear behind... Uh, the gold dragonborn and start to try to wrestle the gun. They fail, but they give you an opening. Why don't you tell us about your level up and all what you have and then what you do? Actually, this is a pretty big level up for uh, Ed um, because he reached the level six as a sorcerer. So there's a couple of things. One, he has a new spell, which is in uh, enhance ability, which is a fun spell that we'll explore later on. But his level six is also a point where sorcerer powers sort of kick in even further. And Ed's sort of primary ability is all that time magic stuff. So the feature he gets at this level is called Stolen Time, where now his initiative is Dex plus Charisma. And he can use a bonus action to 
to spend sorcery points and force a charisma contest, the winner basically gets an extra action of sorts, and the loser loses the ability to use both their action and bonus action. So it's sort of like a mild version of haste and slow being exchanged. And lastly, the conduit that he is is synergy, which basically grants him the ability for mage hand to become enhanced. So instead of one hand, it's two, and it's akin to sort of the ranged mage hand ledger main shenanigans of the arcane trickster, but instead of a single invisible hand, it's two visible hands. So the next thing he's going to try to do is spend two sorcery points to try to do a charisma contest against Aram. All right. Oh, crit. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven. Nope. So what happens is um, Aram gains a, um, his speed is doubled on its next turn and it gains an extra action it can use to dash, disengage, or dodge. Ed's movement is halved and can either take an action or bonus action on its next, his next turn, not both. But those are the only things he can do on his turn specifically. So Ed and Orem are struggling. Uh, he's overwhelmed by their basically four hands he has to fight, but he's winning the magical duel. Frank, your turn. Okay, so um, in terms of the other stuff I got for my level up um, outside of the conduit powers, um, Frank is now up to 29 HP. He got his first level four spell slot and he learnt two new spells, Vampiric Touch and Phantasmal Killer. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to take one of those out for a while. I'm going to try Phantasmal Killer. (laughs) What is that? Oh, geez. Yeah, let's 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 give this one a world just to try and deal with this nice and quickly. Um, it's it's a wisdom save saving throw uh, against one creature, so it's going to be the uh, the the dragon that tried to shoot me point blank in the head. Yeah, one one assumes. Uh, nine fail. Uh, fail. The target becomes frightened for up to one minute, and at the end of each turn, um. It must wisdom save on a 15. On a fail, it takes 4d10 psychic damage. Yikes on bikes. All right, so the silver dragonborn begins cowering in the in the conductor car and against the wall, shivering and pointing your gun at the person who seems to be immune to getting shot in the face. So yeah, that's, that's Frank's turn. Lenora. Cat. Ah. Uh. Okay, so my level up I got... Uh, spell. I took greater invisibility. It sounds like what it is. Mm-hmm. And I got another Eldritch Invocation. I got Bewitching Whispers, so I can cast Compulsion once per long rest using a spell slot. But what I'm going to try to use is my Conduit Power. Which, I got a few things, but one of them is that I can pull it like and push things because it's magnetism. <sighs> so, can I try to pull the gun from him, and how do I do that? I just do it. It'd be uh, his strength and holding on the gun versus your charisma, which is your ability to enforce your will on the world. Perfect. Uh, 14. I rolled an eight. Uh Uh-oh. So you try to yank the gun out of his hand, but he holds on to it. We are all still very shaky with our new superpowers. (laughs) Yes. That's okay. That's several superhero, like, stories always start with that way, too, with the hero first, like, obtaining their ability, and they always have trouble, like, using it to start. Yeah, like Spider-Man with his webs. Yeah. I, I'm just glad that Frank wasn't shaky at his, his ability to not get shot in the head by that one bullet. Yeah. 
Um, so Lenora, what is all your level up? Because yes, you have you have some minor magnetism uh, in the ferromagnetic sense, but also yes. most importantly, you have other kinds of magnetism. I got friends as a cantrip, which is like a a charming kind of thing. I gotta try and I can suggest somebody do something hopefully. And then I got charm person as a level one spell, because I am very charming. I am very magnetic. Mm-hmm. And that's what I got for my conduit power. And then I already said uh, my other stuff. All right. So now it is NPC's turn. Yeah, he's spooked. Yeah. Uh, so the gold dragonborn is going to shoot Ed. Go ahead. Two different attacks. Uh, 12, 15. Both miss. Oh, dang. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the silver dragonborn is going to try to shoot Lenora. Fuck. Uh, cr- crit and a botch. That's a god. Okay, so this is fun. So he rolled a crit, which would have done a lot of damage to Lenora. I think we often forget to just explain to the audience how fragile Lenora and Frank are. They Lenora almost died during the Heller boss fight, and Frank almost died from that grenade with, with Heller too. So like Frank, they're Frank, yeah, yeah. Frank is a very squishy boy, which is why I'm very glad he now has the ability to do healing and redirect where attacks are going because. Sometimes it's very useful for the squishy people not to get hit. Yeah, so if that would have if that crit would have hit Lenora, I'm just gonna roll just to, to demonstrate how much damage that would have been. So that would have been 21 damage. I'm up to 38. Well, I have 35 right now, but my max HP is up to 38. So more than so half. It would be good, but it would, I would be okay. Like I'd be alive. Okay, so but instead it's a botch. So what happens is he's scared, he's shaking, he's being cornered by two scary magic people. He raises the gun, he pulls the trigger, and you reflexively, magnetically uh, ricochet the bullet, and it hits the window in the front of the train and shatters it. Cool. And now it, this train is going max speed, so wind is rushing in, and you're in this dark tunnel. Is there any way for us to change the speed? Yeah, it's a lever. <laughs> yeah, Crunk, like... pull the lever! <laughs> or push the lever, whatever it does. Can I pull the lever? Can I do it? I just, can I just pull the lever? Or do the lever? For what? Uh, less, less, less fast! Okay, so you, you, as an interaction, you pull the lever down a little bit. Yeah. Ed, your turn. Oh, wait. Um, for the end of one of those dragons' turns, they're supposed to do a yep. wisdom. That's the silver one. So, uh, wisdom saving throw? Yep, wisdom save. Uh, 11, that's a fail. Uh, yep, you're going to take 4d10 damage. That's a lot of damage. Ooh. 21 damage. Ow. That's a lot. Ow. So his his brain just explodes with pain? Uh, yep, and he continues to be scared. <laughs> Yeah, so the silver dragonborn is cowering, scared. His gun can't hit someone at point blank. Can't even go straight. <laughs> Seemed to go at just a wide angle. And now his brain is exploding. He's having a very bad day. Mm-hmm. Ed, your turn. You're all alone with the gold dragonborn. You guys are wrestling. Ed is going to just try to have the hands wrestle the gun out of Arm's hands. He's going to try to have Mardis's hands try to wrestle that gun out a second time. Okay, well, that yeah, that's just a grapple roll again. Hopefully this works. Uh, shit, I rolled an eight. Eleven? Yeah, no. this is... I mean, Ed is trying to avoid pulling out his own gun in this situation here. He's As far as it looks like, at least from his, from his standpoint, someone pulled a gun and shot at him, mm-hmm. and he's trying to defend himself from that standpoint there. So that's all that Ed can do right now. All right, Frank. 
before he does anything else in this turn, Frank is going to go to the uh, the Dragonborn that he phantasmal killed, mm-hmm. and he's just going to sort of bend down to him and go, "Look, if you and your friend leave now, it's all good. As you can see, you don't want to be messing with us, do you?" Uh, intimidation roll. Sixteen. I'm trying to think if that's enough because you guys are worth a lot of money. <laughs> my 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 th- my thinking is he's very scared and I am immune to bullets. <laughs> um, so that intimidation is going to make him skip his turn, his actual actions. Okay. Okay. So Lenora, your turn. I don't know what to do. I don't want to hurt him. He's really scared. How are so we're still like we're not anywhere in like the city of South Valentine yet, right? We're still like in the middle of going underground. Yeah, you slowed the train down, so you're still underground. Uh hey Frank, are you good here? I'm I'm gonna go help Ed. Yeah, yeah, I got him. Okay, I guess I'll use my turn to run back to where Ed is to provide some backup for the non scared dragon. Okay, so it is non scared dragon's turn. He sees you running towards him, he's gonna try to turn and shoot you. Okay. Pew. Pew, 20 and 10. 20 hits. So uh, Frank's Frank's going to use his conduit power of sanctuary. Uh, wisdom saving throw. 10, fail. So uh, the, the attack uh, now cannot hit, uh, cannot hit Lenora. Okay, so the flavor of this is Lenora, seeing that Frank has the silver guy pinned down, turns and runs back to help Ed. The gold dragonborn fighting Ed turns around and shoots Lenora, but Frank's protection powers uh, ward her. So the bullet, uh, it's flying towards her. There's like a wave of mystical energy that Frank projects. The bullet enters it and disappears from your sight. And then like, this is all happening so fast, you don't really see it. But it comes out in a different uh, wave of energy towards Ed. And then Ed... Ed uses his reaction to cast shield as soon as the bullet is going towards him. So just sort of like a a light gleam, a gleam of light across his form as the bullet is about to penetrate him, and then it just sort of gets stopped and it drops to the ground, its momentum arrested. Nice. So you guys are cool, is what's happening. Yep. Sweet, no damage. That dad is going to protect everyone. The silver dragon, seeing that you guys are basically unshootable and terrifying in a number of different ways both of magical and uh beyond magic uh actually climbs over the front console of the train to where the broken windshield is and tries to jump out uh sideways to just escape frank are you gonna let him go i'm fine with letting him go all right the silver dragonborn bails out that's fun mm-hmm add your turn yeah, part of me just wants to repeat the same thing last time and try to get try to get uh, those magic hands uh, a gut of their own. You know, oh, just keep, like keep practicing your new superpowers. You have both, so you can make two. You can make your meat hand check and then a ghost hand check. Yeah, so I guess both Ed and Mardis will try uh, to each wrestle the gun out of his hand. So there'll be two separate strength contests. Six, <laughs> three. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, it's funny, um, just to clarify from the dice roll standpoint, um, Arm has a plus three on their strength, and Ed has a minus three, so this just makes us great. Yeah. And now the second check, um, is going to be the same, the same number or a different check? Yep. Five, it's a botch. botch. Oh, God. 
Oh, no. All right, so you try to uh, wrestle him one too many times. He gets uh, fed up fighting you and a ghost. Um, And he, uh, in this uh, struggle, pins you to the wall and puts the gun to your head and says, throw down your weapons. I'm not messing around. Everybody in here, get down. No weapons. Now we are in a hostage negotiation situation. Frank and Lenora, the silver dragonborn is gone. It's just gold dragonborn has Ed at gunpoint. Look, here's the thing. You could try and you could try and shoot off friend here, but you see how that how well that went the last like two or three times that one of you guys tried to shoot one of us. If you if you just if you just stop messing around now, you can walk away. We understand this didn't happen, but you saw your friend there cowering in a corner. He bailed on you, failing to shoot me in the head. He he bailed on you because he saw what what he shoots Ed in the stomach. Uh. 12 damage. Okay. Weapons on the ground. Okay. Strength, charisma, strength, context. I'm going to try and pull it. Okay. 12. Or it's, it's 15. So you try to yank the gun. He shoots Frank. Or he shoots Ed again. No. 13. Bam. Bam. Uh. Weapons on the ground. I don't have any weapons. Uh, ne- neither do I. I'm not a traditional uh, weapon user. <laughs> You're the only one. With a weapon out, you're in the middle of a subway shooting an unarmed person. Frank is gonna use benign transposition to swap places with Ed and then Misty Step straight away to get out of that that spot. So, (laughs) Frank, once again, tapping into your protectiveness powers, you put yourself in harm's way to put put yourself where Ed is. Ed, you pop out. You're bleeding from two gunshot wounds in the tummy. Uh, The gold dragonborn shoots you once, Frank, before you can teleport away. Okay. 15 damage. He shoots you two, and then you teleport away. Take it. And now he's standing facing the doors of the subway. The three bullet holes, blood on the wall. What do you do? Lenora, push him out. Okay, so I'm assuming that since we are in motion that the doors are not open, but can I use my magnetic powers to forcefully open the doors? Yeah, of course. Okay, and then I say, bye. <laughs> and then I'll, um, I don't want him to go into. <laughs> yeah. Is there like a sidewalk, like the one we walked up the tunnels through? Like for maintenance, can I just push him onto there or throw him onto there so he doesn't get like run over by a train? Okay, so what it sounds like you're saying is you want this to be non-lethal, so you're not tossing him into the path of an oncoming train, <laughs> which would have been yes. fucking baller, but I respect that's not a character choice Lenora would make. Yeah, it would be cool, but also I, that's not Lenora's deal. Yeah. That's a, that's a Dora thing, not a Nora thing. Okay, can we all take a second to just appreciate that mental image, though, of Lenora sh- shoving him out of the train <laughs> into another train? It's Mortal Kombat. Oh my god, like Lion King. <laughs> Long live the king. Oh, I want to say, there's what? no trains in Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen it in a while. It's mostly like hyenas and stuff, though, isn't it? Is there a train murder? <laughs> Don't you remember the, the scene where Mufasa was dropped into the the wild yeah. running pack of trains and that's that's what killed him off. Wait, someone needs to do an edit of that where all the wildebeest are trains. I feel like the reference was there. I, I, don't, I feel like I don't deserve this. 
But now, yes, I'm going to push him out of the train in a way that doesn't kill him. All right, so he flies out. You push him magnetically. So I want to be clear. You ha- you are magnetic in a platonic sense. You push and pull things towards you. It's not ferromagnetism, like the way we think of the word magnetic. Yeah. It can be people. It can be things. It can be ideas. It can be interactions you can push and pull. That's what that's what the uh, friends and uh, charm person are. Yeah. So you repel him. He flies out. He he like hits the subway tunnel wall and falls to the ground, but does not die. And everyone in the subway sees this, and they are terrified, but also impressed. None of you drew a weapon, which is a pretty cool thing for your reputation. Because right now your faces are going to be plastered all over every news channel and all the news channels are all the pundits are going to say you're dangerous terrorists and you've murdered hundreds of people, but you've just in public shown your commitment to not murdering people who are shooting at you. Mm -hmm. Yes. So mission accomplished gang. So there, there isn't like a light side, dark side meter, but I want to acknowledge that if there was, you guys have made a pacifist uh, display in public. That's, something to take into account but ed has two holes in his stomach and frank has one before we do anything else uh frank is going to use the other part of his uh protection conduit power and is going to do some nice healing magic so um yeah it's more than enough to heal everybody and so yeah so yeah frank frank is just going to start emanating just a nice calming white light that just like starts healing bullet wounds and propping us all back up to up to health yay my three health you you project your aura of protection and you see everybody's wounds start to close and the blood like gets sucked back up and the bullets get pushed out and clink to the floor and everyone's i mean people have seen healing magic but this feels different in a way that people instinctually know just just for like the flavor of this i want this to feel just like a like a familial hug oh just you just feel like you get a big old hug from a family member <laughs> and, and everyone feels that everyone all the civilians and everyone in this train feels your hug power <laughs> everyone just feels big dad hug yeah um and ed <laughs> I like the arc of that fight for you was you just continually tried to steal that gun. Um, when he got magneted out the door, he dropped it. What, what, like after like Ed's been kind of healed up, he will look up to see that the uh, the gun is sort of being suspended uh, in front of him, being held by basically the 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 mage hands of of Mardis. Oh, we can even reflavor it when Lenora pushed him. Mardis grabbed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that's that, cool. That'd be a very, that'd be a very, that'd be would be the first time we've had a character <laughs> swipe a weapon using mage hand. Yeah, and uh, one hand grabs the gun out of his hand as he flies. The other hand flips him off. <laughs> <laughs> and like internally, Ed just sort of hears uh, Mardis' voice saying, uh, "Sorry, that didn't go as smoothly as we would have liked. It's okay." No harm after the matter, no foul, right? Uh, this is going to be a weird, weird time back in Valentine. And then Ed will, Ed will take the uh, the gun and sort of carefully put it away in uh, his other pocket. So now he has two guns stored on his person. One for Ed and one for Mardis? Yeah, I, but I think we'll, we'll reveal that later on. I don't think people have seen yet that he actually can do that, but it'll be fun to see. So 
Katarina, what have you been up to this whole time? You flew away on a drone, leaving Team Loser to basically uh, sneak into town and try to play superhero while everyone hunts them. What have you been up to? So I would like to say that Katarina is Green Goblin flying around the city, cackling and having a really good time. <laughs> but uh, to the contrary, Katarina is essentially... So she just sort of doesn't seem to have much of a much of an enjoyment or much of any kind of attitude going into a pretty stone faced as she's flying around and uh, she seems to swoop past the administration building for a moment and kind of gives it like a sideways glance. But then she heads over to where she got the details for the construction uh, headquarters and uh, is flying straight towards where the like as like penthouse opening for it is. Yeah, so for the construction uh, branch, uh, the headquarters is like a palatial, basically like a plantation kind of style house with like a big yard and a bunch of gazebos and a, just like structures that just are like, look how uh, fancy I am. I built this. It doesn't do anything. I don't spend any time there, but there's a bunch of structures on this property. The big state house, though, the big uh, master house uh, is where you are led to believe the head of the that branch is um he is a chameleon uh man a lizard folk but uh, the kind of lizard he is is chameleon um in the same way that solomon luna is like a thorny devil kind i feel like we talked about that a little bit that the lizard folk in valentine are desert varieties mostly but there's a bunch of different kind of lizards um and you know that he is here you fly on your drone over to where he is and you can see like through the windows, uh, this the chameleon man is like in a business suit <laughs> sitting at a, a big table with a bunch of uh, people who work for him, people with clipboards. There's security people with uh, like those things in their ears. What are they called? Earpieces. Uh... I guess they're just called earpieces. Now who looks like an idiot? It's ear dongles. Yeah, they got ear dongles. Um, so, the, yeah, there's you looking through the window of this place and they're going to see you in a second. But you'd say there's like five security people who have submachine guns and there's like five uh, people who have like paperwork and seem to be doing work here. And he's at the head of the table being like, damn it, Jim, <laughs> I need those files by tomorrow. What are you doing over there? Stop jerking me off. I'm trying to get some fucking construction done, Jim. You son of a bitch. So I want to very quickly here describe what Kat got at level seven, uh -huh. which is she took another level in Barbarian, which is her level three. And that allows her to pick a primal path. And the primal path I picked is the path of the storm, and particularly the desert storm. So as Katarina is like outside the window, she's going to activate her rage, and essentially the storm of the desert itself is going to surround her as like flickers of heat and sand like radiate off of her. She is then going to shoot a hole in one of the windows and pitch the grenade in right <laughs> towards that group of executives. <laughs> All right, so you you fly up to the window on your drone glider. You use the authorization to shoot the window out, and you throw the grenade you stole from Private Fortune 10 hours ago through the window? Yes. All right, so what's... Yeah, 68. That is 27 damage, so you kill two people immediately uh, in the blast, and everyone else is blasted. People, The civilians start running, the security people are going to start shooting, um, and the chameleon man starts running to the other end of the room. There's Katarina and NPC, so we don't need an order necessarily. So uh, here comes gunfire. You killed one security guard, uh, so four are going to attack you now. Mm -hmm. 23, 20, 16, 11. So that's three hits? Yes, three hits. 
That's 33 damage as you get lit up with submachine gun fire. All right. So I'm going to get inside and I'm going to charge straight at these remaining bodyguard shooty people. Yep. And I'm just going to go hog wild in attacking them. I'm going to spend a, a key point to do it. Bonus attack in there. So 10, 21, 19. 21 and 19 hit. Uh, it's going to be nine damage apiece to each of those. All right. Yeah. So one of them who was hurt by the blast is killed when you run in. You, you use the authorization or are you using your uh, harpoon? This is a harpoon and fist right now. All right. So you fly in through the shattered window and you just impale one of the mooks to the wall and there's two left. Um, one runs away because he just saw you do that. And the other one's going to try to shoot you. Uh, 23. That's going to hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, take 17 damage. They're shooting you a lot. It's very bad. It, you think it is, but <laughs> you'd be surprised. Uh-huh. Your turn. All right. Uh, how far away is uh, the spindly chameleon man? The chameleon man, you see where he ran. He ran to the end of the room where there's a glass case with some ceremonial uh, ribbon-cutting scissors. <laughs> <laughs> because he works in construction, he has to cut a lot of ribbons for building openings. And he smashes the case and pulls out the giant novelty scissors. All right, well, <laughs> that's adorable. All right, I'm going to take care <laughs> of the guy in front of me first. So uh, 11 and a 19 to hit. Yep, 19 hits. So that's going to be eight damage. All right, so you stab that guy. He's actually still alive. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Can I spend uh, another key point to do another attack then? Sure. Well, I want to get rid of this guy. He's annoying me. 18. Yes, that hits. All right, so then that one's uh, 11. Yeah, that's good. You okay. You just impale him, too. F that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's my turn. Mm-hmm. But if it, it's just me and uh, the head left, right? Yeah. And the chameleon man says, you're the one who killed Heller. Yeah. And I'm the one who killed you. And I'm going to take out my gun, and I'm going to fire, and I'm going to use my conduit to victory so that the attack... Is surefire victory. Uh, hold on. Does a <laughs> 10,003 hit? It sure does. <laughs> so the way your victory power works is uh, you can choose to succeed instead of fail. Uh, like a layer power that monsters get in the, the monster manual. So we're not making that up from whole cloth. That's a thing you can do um, once um, every short rest. And you have a thing where you can do damage equal to the, the thing's health once every long rest, which you saw when Victory itself fought you inside of the Deck video game. So you combine these, you have an undodgeable instant kill, which is what you do. And the moment it hits him, the bullet going through him, it sounds as though you took like a steel claymore and just dropped it straight through like a body and combine that with the sound of a bullet. So it sounds like it has like the shing of a sword going through with the same kind of uh, echoing impact of the bullet. <laughs> so it almost sounds like I shot him with a sword. That's <laughs> very cool. All right. So he's on the far side of the room. He has these big comedy scissors. He's like, yeah, now it's gonna be harpoon versus scissors. And you shoot him so hard. He is blasted back through the case <laughs> and is shredded by it. And he like leaves an imprint in the wall and slumps down. Yikes. Well, at least one of us knows how to do a really cool intro to their new superpowers, huh? <laughs> right? We're like, oh, I don't know. How do we do it? 
Then I'm going to head over to his desk and I'm going to start looking at all the files that he has on all the buildings in the area. Oh no. Credits. Wow, and we're here to do the credits. The credits. So music, it's new music this month. Are you excited? Yeah, tell us all about that new music, Austin. The new music, Austin, is uh, <laughs> from Overclock Remix. We have Trance Version, an arrangement of Theme from Ghost and Goblins. Whoa. And we... What? I said whoa. Why whoa? <laughs> I was trying to be excited. And we have Badass, an arrangement of One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII. Of course. I'm sorry. I'm so basic. <laughs> You're just predictable. I am. Also, we have Redesign Your Logo by Lemon Demon, uh, a.k.a. Neil Sisierga, who gave me his blessing to use it on our show. I had to ask him because he does not have a public policy like Overclocked Remix does, where I just looked at their website and it said it was okay. Wait, so you got to talk to him? That's cool. Yeah, he's very cool. Do you remember when in high school when everyone was obsessed with Potter Puppet Pals? Yeah, it's that guy. Yeah, and now he says we can use our his music on our show, which is cool. Yeah, whoa, we're like cool and famous. Wow. All right, so now... <laughs> Would you like to name the executive producers for April 2018? I have a list here, and I'm going to read some names. And you want to help me? Yeah, let's read some names together. Okay. I want to take initiative here. Mm-hmm. Joseph Tombrello. Extellaris. Kirsten Haslinger. Nope. Kirsten? Kirsten. I said Kirsten. Kirsten? Kirsten. Kirsten? I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, wow, can I get any worse at speaking? Mm-hmm. And then here we go. It's always exciting to know you have untapped potential, though. I guess. Jade. Devin Smith. Savard Nakrasimova. Arna Helgadotir. Brent. The Cult of Gorfanax. Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. Toshira Kuru. Andrew Grothin. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Savier. Morgan Rapp. Cucumber. That's so good. Hustle Bones. <laughs> I mean, Hustle Bones is also very good. It really is. Killer Cotton Shizno. Nicholas Dominic. Isaac Arevalo. Oliver Sadler. Yam. I can't believe you got Yam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna arrange this list so ev- all the ones I get are extremely easy to say, and all the ones you get are like tongue twisters. And see if you notice. You know what they say about people pronouncing things wrong? It just means they learned it from reading, and that's not bad. Oh, okay, you, you read a lot of book. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read scary stories online that make me afraid to be home alone. Anna Michael. Andrew Birmingham. Gina Helver. Douglas Williamson. Doctor One Hundred One. The Most Wise Guru. Z23619. 
Quench the Void. Adorkable Smile. Vizzy Huggles. Jay Logan. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Madison Lilith McKenzie. Latorius Stoltzy. <laughs> Is it Stoltz or Stoltzy? I don't know. I think it's Stoltz. It could be Stoltzy. Victoria Melito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Shout out to Aline. Hi, Aline. Majin. Criterion. Ren. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tem. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen Indy Monster Wenwick Ford. Joy Fox. Razumi Yazura. Albert West. Ken Fursell. Eleanor Nanante sees Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Juman Jack. Mel Teach. Arjun de Koenig. Grimlock. John Potts. Dawson Parr. Noah Sudret. Zephosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Sarah Stone. Thorsten Gross. Castor UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Shout out to Florian H., a real OG, real true homie. Okay. Mad love. Yes. <laughs> I don't know the context, but everyone is great, and I mean that. Yes, everyone's very good. Uh, <coughs> Leon Maloney, love child. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that's very good. Oh. I love the jokes. I don't think uh, George Soros uh, contributes anymore, but that was my old favorite. That was a good one. Leon Maloney may be my new frontrunner. Junk 2.0. The Hadsels. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Eugene T. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shaynes. Dennis Pancake Detlefson. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bankston. Josh Mojer. Andigo Van Dane. Allison Ansel. Sydney Marzing. Just the Jester. Brady Warner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stolfar. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlau. Jorrit. Viger Arnston. Cody Jackson. And August Rue. We made it. A whole list. Did a whole lot of words. Talk. Wow. And yet I somehow fucked up everybody's name. I, I feel like I fuck it up a different way every time. It's endearing, though, because it sounds like you're trying your best. I mean, I am. I'm just dumb. Aw. <laughs> also, thanks to everybody who's on our show and does stuff. Uh, Chris Larios is at uh, patreon.com slash recap. Yeah. Skitches on stuff. Skitches.bandcamp.skitch.bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> one week we're gonna actually say it right and then he'll be released from his curse <laughs> right skitch.bandcamp.com i believe and also of course laura kate dale at kotaku.co.uk yeah or laura k buzz everywhere that's true also she just broke the spyro the dragon story well she broke it like february but she was just proven right so big ups journalism wow i don't know the context for that because i don't she did a good journalism to games but she did cool things so yeah and she's a cool lady. Everyone's cool in our show except, except for, for you. <laughs> oh my god, you just <laughs> called me out. You were halfway through saying it. It's okay if I say it. Okay. I just anticipated we were said that we had the cosmic brain for a second there and I saw your joke and I I became your joke and it was Oh, it hurts coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rough, 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 rough. Also, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, subscribe, comment, rate. Patreon for you. Give Austin money. Mm, 
I don't know. I do my I do good, but am I really better than weekly manga recap? Ask yourself. You're very tired. You're probably more tired. Gotta find out what happens in Boruto. What? <laughs> now, Lauren, if I told you there was a series called Boruto about Naruto's son named Boruto, would you believe me that, that that's real? Yes. Oh dang. Is it real? <laughs> Yes, it is, but it sounds fake, and I was hoping you would try to call my bluff. <laughs> no, it sounds very anime. Yeah, Boruto, B-O-R-U-T-O. That has nothing to do with this. It sounds like it should be like Naruto with dogs. <gasps> Borkruto? <laughs> Borkruto. <laughs> I'm sure that fan art exists. Hold on. Keep thanking people. I'm going to look up Naruto Furry? Don't no no. <laughs> anyway, oh yes, all the cats. Uh, oh, it's Zelda real. and Anna live in my house. Smudge, Smudge is Laura's cat. Thank you, cats, for your cat inspiration. Mm-hmm. Whatever fucking Austin's doing, stop. Mm-mm. Never gonna stop. Here comes Naruto the furry. I'm just gonna screenshot this though, and everyone asks about it, I can post it later and say this is what Austin did to me. It has your name above it and everything. On our other show, we talked about our fursonas. What's yours? Just get it on tape so everyone on the internet can know. Well, I have to hear what yours is first. I think it's been a long time, but I think I either said sloth or bear. Yeah. Um. I mean, let's be real here. I would be like a little blue penguin because I have blue hair and I'm small and I'm a penguin. Now, are you a penguin who happens to be blue, or is there a kind of penguin called the blue penguin? There's literally a species. It's either. <laughs> I think they're either called fairy penguins or little blue penguins. They're the same kind of penguin. <laughs> they're like the smallest kind of penguin. <laughs> the Wikipedia page is titled Little Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't all penguins little, though? It's just very on the nose, Australia. Yeah, little blue fairy penguins. That's what they are. That's my first one. On record, everyone knows. All right, so thank you to fairy penguins. I think that's everybody? Yeah, and all the dogs in the world, all just like all the animals, except for orangutans, they know what they did. <laughs>